Hello everyone, we are going to take a look at chapter 11 from the National Pesticide Applicator Certification Court Manual and it coincides that this is also uh, chapter 11 in your North Carolina Pesticide Applicator Certification Core Manual. I do want to correct myself. In the previous lecture talking about pesticide emergencies, the fires and spills, I told you that that was chapter 11. That is chapter 10 and you'll notice with the PowerPoint uh, in the PDF underneath the lecture link that I've corrected that as well and I've changed it on the PowerPoint. That was a, that was a typo and my mistake guys so I want to apologize in advance for this. Uh, this is chapter 11 in your core manual and it's also for the national manual so it kind of worked out great. We're finally on the same page now with the national and, that, and that's okay. Different states work things different. This is a great great uh, PowerPoint again from Washington State University Extension uh, on the uh, the uh, uh, you know pesticide application uh, unit uh, within your core manual. So application methods. All right, broadcast. You're literally taking the the pesticide and you're broadcasting it um, all over the intended target area. You can do it by air, which could be helicopter, uh, airplane. You can do it on the ground with a broadcast spreader. Uh, even the uh, handheld crank uh, seeders, and by boat when you're applying uh, aquatic pesticides. Band, band is nothing more than think about think about agricultural field. Corn rows would be uh, best way to do it. You've got a sprayer that's going through the cornfield, and the actual nozzles are either going to actually just target the corn rows you know the, 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 the width of the sprays coming out it's actually just going to hit the corn and that's going to be the band or they may adjust the nozzles where they're only spraying in the empty rows in between the in the corn they actually got a band they're spraying bands it saves on pesticides it saves uh, dollars in your pocket and it's it's better on the environment you're only placing the pesticide um, where it, where it needs to be. You're not broadcasting it all over the place. You're putting it in bands, uh, typically used more or less in agricultural, four, four rows of crops. Uh, crack and crevice, um, you're going to see this more, more or less um, in, your, um, in your structural pesticide, guys. We, we may or may not do it. Me, I wouldn't say that we would never do it, but um, just think about it as the structural guys going out spraying for cockroaches in a home or, or whatnot. Application methods. Spot spraying. Discussed that earlier on in the units. Um, you're actually applying the pesticide only in the spot that it is needed. Basil. Um, used for woody plant control. Um, you're actually going to spray the pesticide, apply the pesticide either at the base of the tree on the bark or on the roots that are on top of it and eventually the pesticide is just going to be absorbed uh, into the plant material. Uh, space treatment again probably structural guys we might do it in greenhouse we're actually doing like some fumigating or, or, or fogging inside of a, a closed space. Uh, tree stem injection uh, your tree care companies are going to do that. They're, they can inject uh, insecticides, even uh, fertilize uh, into the trees. 
and then a rope wick or wiper uh, treatment this is pretty neat let's say all right I'm trying to think you've got a low growing agricultural crop or it could be even nursery crop um, um, but you got small plant you know the plant gets this high but you've got tall weeds so you've got a little plant growing in the field and then you've got a tall weed well you can actually have this roper wick drive across the field and it's just kind of really I mean it's wicking the pesticide onto the tall weeds so that tall weed gets the pesticide it's absorbed into it the weeds are going to die but since the pesticide didn't come in contact with your your crop down below because it's shorter it's not going to be affected it's really just wicking the pesticide on the tall weeds that it comes in contact with it's a pretty neat treatment um, reduced drift I mean it's it's just wicking on the plant that needs it and the agriculture crops below aren't being affected at all application placement uh, foliar is exactly what it is you're applying the pesticide to the foliage itself soil injection going to be used in agricultural it's going to be used in uh, structural where they're going to be treating for termites and things like that uh, anytime you pour concrete uh, for a house you're going to have to uh, uh, treat the soil underneath it for uh, for termites uh, soil incorporation you're going to have to use your pesticide application equipment in conjunction with um, uh, your plows and your tillage equipment you know you apply the pesticide and you're going to have to go ahead and immediately overturn the soil you're incorporating that pesticide into the soil also you could apply it just before rainfall you can see the storm clouds coming get out there and apply the pesticide to the soil right away so it gets incorporated or you can turn irrigation on um, and we probably use primarily use soil incorporation where we're worried about applying a pesticide that could be lost either due to wind uh, erosion you want to go ahead and get it into the soil so you don't lose that uh, that pesticide types of safety systems oops types of safety systems <coughs> we have closed mixing and loading systems we have mechanical systems we have water soluble packets exactly what it is the packet dissolves inside the tank uh, we have enclosed cabs and we have pesticide containment pad we're going to talk about these uh, a little bit in detail but the closed systems, they prevent human contact with the pesticides, uh, either while you're mixing it or loading it. It's going to increase your safety. You're not being exposed to it. It's going to reduce the need for PPE, and it's going to decrease the likelihood of spilling. And you can actually measure the pesticide. They've actually got um, you know, computer controls on some of these uh, tanks, and especially large large agricultural settings you see these tractors and these sprayers that are set up out there with GPS the computers on board I mean you've got the computers that can mix the pesticides for you that's all contained within these closed mixing systems um, just checking to see good thing about this it is going to reduce your errors of mixing it because it's going to be controlled by the computer so less likelihood of the applicator um, uh, mixing in the wrong amount the the wrong the wrong application rate um, here we see an example of the me mechanical system that can either be fed in uh, by gravity uh, 
Uh, it is an all-in-one system. Remove the pesticide from the container, product from the container, uh, either by gravity or suction that's going to pull it down. Um, you don't have to rinse the pesticide container, most of them. Um, most of these units can be refilled. And then you can transfer the pesticide and rinse solution to the tank without being exposed to the pesticide. Um, you know, the transfer of the container rinsinate into the tank. So what it is, you know how you've got this tank right here. Well, when you empty it, there's going to be some residue and stuff on the side of the tank. Well, what it is, is you can rinse that pesticide container and get all that remnants out, and it's going to go into your tank to be, uh, to be sprayed out. Um, they're product specific, many bulk containers. Um, They have the pump, drive, and meter units to deliver the accurate amount from the mini bulk container to sprayer. And again, you can refill these containers. It eliminates that pesticide container waste. Um, and then actually some of the distributors or your chemical uh, manufacturers can actually tailor your specific pesticide needs uh, in one of these, these uh, bulk uh, uh, gallon mechanical systems. They, they can mix it exactly for you and what you need. Water-soluble packaging. It's an easy system. Unopened bag is dropped into the mixed tank. All you're doing is dropping it into the tank. Bag dissolves and the pesticide is released into the tank. Still need to wear the gloves and minimal PPE, but still you're not having to deal uh, with the liquid concentrate that's going to get on you. Enclosed cabs. They may prevent exposure uh, to pesticides if sealed correctly. That's the thing. They've got to be sealed up. And some of these older tractors, guys, um, you know, you've got, um, you see the dry rot seals around the tractors. So you got to be careful in what you're using that for. Um, because especially if you're doing like a mister, that stuff can still get into the cab if uh, those are dry rotted or if the windows, the side windows doesn't seal correctly. Um, they can supplement the PE, uh, PPE, but they're never going to be a replacement. And they consider cab contamination issues. One of the things, one of the problems with, with the enclosed tractors, I love them. I mean, you know, I, I think the world of them. And, um, you know, we first bought our first enclosed skid steer after running several, several years of, uh, of either the Bobcat skid steer and then we went to the John Deere 8875. And then we finally got the uh, track loader enclosed cab with air conditioning and heat. I mean, we were riding in a Cadillac. And, that was more for construction jobs, but it kept the dust down off of us, the operator. Well, same thing with the tractor, uh, enclosed tractor. It keeps the dust down off of you, and it, keep, it can keep you protected from the pesticide. But the biggest problem with the farmer or, or, or horticulturalist using the tractor is they, they mix their pesticide. And they put the stuff in their tank. Well, they're like, I'm getting ready to get in the tractor. I don't need the PPE. So they get up there with dirty hands. They touch the steering wheels. They get some pesticide on their clothes. And then they jump up in the cab, and the cab is contaminated forever. So before you jump up in the tractor, wash your hands. Wear PPE while mixing and loading the pesticide. Take the coveralls off. Take the rubber gloves off. Have like a toolbox on the outside of the tractor. You'll see some of them have uh, toolboxes mounted on the front. I mean, uh, underneath right here, or even on the front. You can mount a box right there. Or even on your sprayer. Have a place to take your PPE off 
put it in there, wash your hands, then get in the tractor, the enclosed cab, and it's it's safe. It's protected. Uh, containment system. Uh, it's a containment pad. Can, catches the spills, leaks, overflows, and wash water, uh, and it prevents environmental contamination. Uh, it's a repairable material. Sealed concrete, synthetic liners, uh, glazed ceramic tile, system for recovering and moving the material. So you do you need to have a pad that you can drive your, your sprayer up on and catch any um, you know, the biggest problem is guys put the pesticide in, turn the hose on, and they go use the bathroom, and they go take a smoke break, and they come back, tanks overflowing with water. Time gets away from you when you do something like that. Next thing you know, you've got a you've got a hazard that you've got to deal with. But if you're on a pad like this and you can contain the spill, you can clean it up. Application equipment, hydraulic sprayer. <coughs> so what we're going to typically see in the horticulture and lawn care industry is a hydraulic driven sprayer. They can be used uh, large power sprayers, um, which would be something like this, which is operated, um, you know, either electrically. Uh, you know, here's your hydraulics off a tractor. When you think hydraulics, always think kind of tractor. Um, you know, you're probably not going to use hydraulics off this. This is either going to be battery operated, you know, because this is a golf cart set up for spraying, which would be your large power sprayers. Then we're always going to use small backpacks and handheld sprayers. That's why I think this business, with the training that you guys are getting uh, and the knowledge, I mean, being a licensed pesticide applicator is, I mean, just think about it. I mean, you're taking this class, and then you've got to go and sit and take the state exam. You have a license to do something. Well, that's the hardest thing. Um, if you want to, if you want to get into the business, that's the hardest thing you got to do is get your license. But I'm teaching you the easy way to get it, and you guys are going to succeed and get your license. So if you did want to get into the pesticide applicator business, all you need is a is a is a backpack sprayer and a fertilizer sprayer, and you're in business. Minimal cost to get started in this business makes it good. But people people don't like doing it. Um, uh, there's very few companies that just offer. A pesticide service. Air blast sprayer. Uh, it's a mist. It uses air as the carrier to put out the liquid pesticide. Sprayer components. We're kind of going to go through this a little quicker. Um, um, you know, study it. You know, it's not in the chapter, but I thought you guys might want to touch on it. But the tank is non corrosive, easily clean. Uh, it's usually a big, big plastic tank like that. Opening top right here on the top and the bottom for ease of filling and cleaning use it. it's like a plug on the bottom that you can uh, take out and clean it tank agitator it's going to keep the pesticide mixed in the solution um, continuous mixing the pesticide and carrier pump provides pressure and volume to the nozzles corrosion and abrasive resistant uh, read manufacturer instruction um, One thing you want to do, guys, and this has happened, it's even happened in the shop, it's even happened in the opening areas, but when you finish with the sprayer each year, you know, of course you need to clean it, maintain it while you're using it, but when you get ready to put that sprayer up for the season, you're done with it, you need to kind of clean this thing head to toe, you need to completely dry it out, you don't need to have any residues or any water sitting in it, worst thing you can do is have a little bit of water get inside this pump, freeze and bust. All right, there goes $200. You're going to be getting another one. And also, keeping the seals inside the pump and stuff. 
and on the hoses of your sprayer. Those things can dry rot and be leaks, and when you go to start using them again in the spring, boom, you got to spend more money. Take care of your equipment, your equipment take care of you. Um, nozzle, the amount of material applied, the orifice size is um, same as the droplet size, the distribution and droplet pattern. We have coarse droplets, they're going to minimize drift, and then these fine particles, um, you can have drift with these, it's like a mist, but it gives you maximum uh, surface coverage. Material selection for your nozzles, brass, don't use with abrasive material, there's plastic, hardened stainless steel, uh, and even ceramic. Those two are best used if you're uh, using wettable powders or dry flowables. Um, very good. I haven't dealt much with ceramic. Uh, plastic, I do not like. First of all, if I buy, if I buy a backpack because it's on sale or something, um, I'm going to go and buy a different wand that's got a, that's, that's got a brass uh, nozzle on the end of it. I just don't like those plastic. They'll work okay for a little while, but they just give you a... Um, they're just going to start wearing out quick, and they're going to continuously drip. I cannot stand having a backpack, and you're walking across, you know, a commercial site or even somebody's home, and you finish spraying in the area, and you can't get the thing to quit dripping. And then you've got to, you know, walk around the long way to make sure you stay on pavement or keep the nozzle in in a pine needle bed. Um, just just looks bad on you. You know, here, yeah, drippy, drippy, leak, leak. Um, replace them. Uh, it's just something you got to check. Keep it in the budget that you probably need to. If you're doing this full time, you need to replace these nozzles every so often. Um, granular applicators. You know, there's a drop spreader. I don't like those. Um, you can do it with band or broadcast. You can definitely do it with band. That would be the only time that I would use this drop spreader is if I am uh, doing a band application. I would never use this on my personal lawn. Um, Application rate affected by the ground speed, the gate opening, granular size, shape, and density, and the terrain and weather conditions. Uh, rotary spreader, love this. You know they've even got the push, the push ones. Uh, rotary spreader. It's a spinning disc or fan, and its heaviest uh, granules are thrown further, and you can actually see that. Um, drop spreader. Well, again gravity and more precise application. True, it is, but I'm a big fan of granular, I mean, uh, of rotary spreaders on the tractor and on the walk-behinds. Other application, rubs, dipping vats. Uh, rubs and dipping vats used mainly uh, for agriculture or livestock or even in the veterinarian office uh, for our uh, cats and dogs. Bait dispensers, uh, for cockroaches, things like that. Uh, foggers, as you can see here, he's fogging. And they actually have these these foggers that can go on top of certain type of backpack uh, blowers that can actually blow that fog out. Dusters, same thing with the backpack. Chemigation, you're actually putting the pesticide into um, like a fertilizer, uh, I mean, to an irrigation system. You're actually applying the pesticide through an irrigation system. And this will wrap this PowerPoint up. Again, I want you to see the knowledge and acknowledgments and actually the way the actual PowerPoint looked. There was a lot of more slides in their chapter 11, but our chapter 11 is so short, theirs must have been a lot longer because it included more of the math and stuff like that and uh, stuff that we'd already gone over, so I didn't want to, to bombard y'all with that. Uh, again, this is for chapter 11. The previous lecture I said was chapter 11. It is chapter 10. I apologize for that. 
and you'll see the corrections when you open up the PDFs of the slides below the lecture links. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, I am going to work on the homework, hopefully this weekend. I mean, this is a busy weekend. Uh, World Cup starting, and then you've got the Stanley Cup finals that uh, uh, hopefully will uh, make it all the way to uh, to Game 7, at least for, for, uh, for, uh, for us anyway. And it's Father's Day weekend, so I hope you guys uh, spend time with your with your children or spend time with your fathers. Other than that, please send me an email if you need any um, questions uh, or post it on the discussion board. Remember, discussion board is part of your grade for Unit 2 as well. You need to put something up to get your 1%. And um, if I don't get the homework up over the weekend, I will definitely have it up for you Monday. This is the last lecture in Unit 2. So you're finished with the lectures. All you got to worry about now is homework reading it. You should have already read it, read the chapters, and that's all you got to do is the homework and study next week. Other than that, again, have a great weekend, and I'll see you uh, in Unit 3.